We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, except this time we are joined by a special guest, general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, Joe Cronin, is joining the show. Uh, yeah, we're uh, recording this Monday afternoon, two days before the season, so uh, Joe has just finished up with uh, Nasir Little getting his new deal, which we'll get to, but first of all, Joe, welcome in, man. We really appreciate you taking some time. Hi, guys. Thanks a bunch for having me. Well, I guess the we got lucky, so we'll get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> we did get lucky, didn't we? We did get lucky. Not only do we have the general manager of the team, we have the general manager of the uh, Trailblazers following the release of a rookie extension for one Nasir Little. Uh, Joe, I know you can't go into extraneous detail about this, but can you just walk us through the process of one of, I believe, 10 rookie extensions that were done by the NBA this year? Yep. Um Getting these rookie scale, <clears throat> excuse me, extensions done can be can be tricky sometimes. It's you know it's a year away from the contract starting. It's often with a young player who may or may not have a body of work yet. So anytime you can get one that isn't a really high end salary guy, say a max player or whatever, it's uh it's it feels like a pretty good accomplishment. And I mean for us with with Nasir. Um, just really, really value him as a player and a person and just really proud of him and happy for him being able to get this deal and get this security and to be able to grow with us. So, you know, I, I don't, I didn't have big expectations of being able to get a deal done, but I'm, I'm really happy that both sides were able to agree on something they, that they liked. Well, and this is a big day, day for you guys, the organization. I, I Joe, I know you you heard and you you saw the comments. I thought Nas had really mature comments today following that extension. You know, I, I saw that deal and I thought that's a good deal. You know, it's a guy can prove it. You know, he's making generational money and he he took it as such. I I, I kind of want to expand on what you just said there of how happy you are for him. What does it kind of just mean for for you and the organization because you know you're help scouting guys like him. And, and I saw today. I mean, today's a huge day in the NBA of rookie extensions not being agreed upon around the league. Look at all these names that couldn't get extensions. So you talk about the difficulty in that, just what it means for you personally, knowing you were, you know, a part of the the process of finding Nazir and bringing him to Portland and getting to this point. Yeah. It's something you're, you're always hoping for as a scout is to, you know, see, see a player 
not just pan out, but become a, a real contract, a real get a real salary in his second contract, especially when they're late first round picks. I think we all thought that was a little unique where Nasir fell that far, but nevertheless, it's still it's still great as a scout to see a guy get through his first four years and then know that he's going to be in the league another four years beyond that at least. So, you know, it's a, it's a good little bar to kind of shoot for as a scout in the, you know, as you get outside of the no brainers at the top of the draft, you want to find guys that actually become real NBA players. So that part's cool. And then another, the part I really enjoy, and, you know, in this job, there's, there's, you know, there's hard times and there's great times. And for me, the, this is the greatest of times when Nas walked into my office today with a massive smile, gave me a huge hug, was extremely thankful and excited. And just the fact that he's so happy and knowing that he's so committed to our organization and this city, like, it's just, it's very fulfilling knowing we're doing a great job here. He wanted to be here and stay with us. And I think at the same time, he knows by us providing this contract that, we also, you know, highly value him. And so it's, it goes both ways to where it's, you know, we're in this together and that's, that's a cool thing in our league, in a league that doesn't always have cool things happen. Uh, one note before I move forward, Joe, I will give you a hug and be very thankful for a lot less than $28 million. <laughs> <laughs> I take $28 million though. I mean, I'm just saying, um, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, as much as, as this is fun and joyful, we got to do a pivot because basketball is upon us. We're uh, less than 24 hours from the NBA opening up and less than 48 hours from uh, you guys uh, opening up on the road against the Sacramento Kings. And with that, uh, you guys have gotten through the preseason, and it's been rough, to say the least. Uh, one of the things that, that came out of Media Day that both you and uh, and Chauncey Pillis both said was that you guys were more interested in or less interested in counting wins and more interested in, in seeing what works and what doesn't and seeing guys play with Damian Lillard. After watching preseason and, and kind of getting an idea for where guys at as Nasir ramps up, Josh Hart with the starters, uh, Olivier Sauer who got some start uh, or got some run with the, the rotation guys, Shaden Sharp getting some real minutes. Uh, seeing Dame and Ant together, so many kind of moving pieces, Jeremy Grant being introduced into the team. Where do you sit kind of at 30,000 feet and then selectively as you kind of go through the starting group, bench group, and kind of what you're hoping to accomplish in the first 20 games? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll be the first to acknowledge that the preseason, at least game-wise, wasn't super encouraging. We don't, you know, think we played very well. There were, you know, I thought Clippers game, we had some decent moments, but beyond that, I don't think there's a whole lot we can point to yet that says, wow, we're really making progress. But um, it's funny, it, it just hasn't translated to the court yet for us because we're really happy with what we've seen, you know, in our gym and in Santa Barbara. Like we had, we thought we had a great training camp with a ton of energy and spirit and guys playing well. And we've had, you know, numerous good practices and just had a great overall off season. So maybe I'm being just optimistic, but I like pointing to those things saying we're seeing these things internally. Now we just have to translate it out onto the floor. And our perspective is, you know, we're just, we're building here. We, we, we have a goal that we're trying to achieve. You know, it's, we're trying to, you know, play Chauncey's brand of ball, which for us, you know, is going to involve, you know, some patience and some rewiring for certain players and just stylistically these guys figuring out how to play together. So, you know, we're, I think it's, it's easy for people to say this, but I, I do think we mean it that we're, we're not fixated on outcomes right now. I mean, we want to win and we're very competitive, like just as people and our roster is as well, but we want to see growth and we want to see us winning ball games the right way. So um, our goal is to be patient. You know, I, I've said a lot publicly that, you know, we're, we have a ways to go still. And, and we all know that. But at the same time, we also really like where we are. And I'm just probably more of a positive than negative person by nature. And I'm looking at the positives that we've seen. And there's a lot of them. You know, Damian Lillard's back and looks good. Jeremy Grant has been, you know, the exact addition we thought he would be, you know, in his talent and versatility. And, I mean, he's just – he's a chameleon out there. And he's just so fun to watch. And he's going to be such a – addition to our group you know i mean anthony simons who you know would tell you himself he didn't play great in the preseason but he's had some days here in our gym where he's unbelievable um you know some other young guy shaden sharp has had some really high level moments you know there's a lot of good things we can point to justice winslow had a great camp and preseason josh hart is rock solid as always and bringing that you know fire and grit and skill set to the table that we're looking for so there's a lot that we're pointing to it's just hasn't quite gelled yet and that's that's our challenge how do we get these guys to you know to gel and connect as much as possible joe i i think you know this market as well as anybody You've been here for quite some time and I, I think uh i think the most healthy thing you could do as a general manager is to not have a twitter account just for the mere fact of twitter is for freaking out and you know, these games happen in their preseason and it's is is the world ending. Are the Blazers going to win five games? You know, you get these people that that kind of freak out a little bit. And I'll admit, like there were some moments that I'm watching. I'm kind of like, I don't know how that's going to go. But I guess I ask you and you, it seems like you alluded it to a, a, a little bit there for you as a general manager, maybe even Chauncey a little bit from the coaching angle. I know they're different, but how, how do you gauge preseason is it what you said is it just basically what you see and how you see them interact in camp and then like how how much you take into effect what happens in the games that I mean they they literally don't count their practice so I just I guess it's hard to from our angle to say 
this matters and that matters. What does a guy like Joe Cronin, a general manager of a franchise, how does he view preseason? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I try not to put too much weight into preseason, and uh, you know, specifically around wins and losses because, you know, teams might clear their bench at given times and all that. But, I mean, I'd be, be lying to you if I said I wasn't paying attention to the quality of play you know, during those preseason games, like there were certain things I wanted to see. I wanted to see us defend at a higher level. I wanted to see us be, you know, productive offensively and to play with some pace. And there were certain games where that didn't happen. And, you know, I definitely discounted to an extent saying, yes, it is a preseason game. And <clears throat> yes, this group hasn't, you know, played together a whole lot and they're going to take some time to figure their stuff out. But um, I think, you know, it's just natural where you're, you're watching and you see things that aren't necessarily clicking and it's, you know, it can be alarming a little bit. You just, you wonder, okay, is this, is this, this game or is this how we are? Is this, how far away are we from where we want to be? So you have some of those questions, but the nice part is you have all these practices in between, you know, we practiced, I mean, I don't even, let's call it 20 times the last 30 days and at least, and we've seen a lot of good things there. So you, you just try to weigh all those things, but I definitely don't think you, you should react to certain preseason performances, but I do think that they can give you a bit of a pulse of where you're at. One of the things you, you hit on there is kind of where I wanted to go next with this is the idea of you'd like to see X, B, Y you, you've got your, your markers, your goalposts of like what you're trying to evaluate against. Now that you've been in this chair and you're going into your first off season or come out, coming out of your first off season into your first regular season where you've got the reins from day one, what does your evaluation process look like? Uh, one thing uh, St Terry Stotts was said all the time, but for as a coach, that he didn't look at things as 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 games. He looked at five-game windows, you, just mm -hmm. these revolving windows. As a GM, you probably have to take a, a further step back to kind of evaluate when you're coming into this season, what do those windows look like and how do they evolve? Like you said that you're, it's certainly you want to win, mm -hmm. but when you're making those evaluations, when do you start changing? When, when is it, when is there enough evidence to drive a decision on mm -hmm. who works and who doesn't not necessarily even who stays and who goes, but who starts or who gets, you know, slotted here or when do those, when do you sit down, and have those discussions with, with players or with Chauncey to kind of start tightening the, the, the screws around things a little bit more as the season progresses. Mm -hmm. I think you nailed it when you said, you know, from a, like from a GM's perspective, you just have to, you say you have to take a wider view where I probably won't really start thinking a whole lot about us as a group for at least a month. You know, let's say we play, 20 games that month, I would say at the 20 game mark, I would start to analyze a little bit and say, you know, Hey, this is, this is what we need, or this is what we don't have, or this is what we're doing great. And this is what we need to do more of. So I would say probably then, um, if this year is probably a little unique in that it's such a new group together that I would argue I should probably be even more patient than that. And, give them multiple months, especially with our schedule early on, like there's just going to be some, some rough patches where I don't think there's a whole lot to glean from it other than 
are we playing? How how are we playing? You know, like even if we don't win, you know, that game or if we lose three in a row or whatever it is. But my goal here is is to be patient. Like I'm naturally a patient guy. Um, transactional though. I like I, I wanna I like doing things. I wanna get better. I wanna win as soon as possible. But I've gotta take an approach where like I believe in these guys and I I like the additions we've made and I, I like this group and I want to give them a fair opportunity. Like, I don't want to be a reactive GM that, you know, after 10 games or 15 games is going up, oh, we got to really do something drastic here. Like, I hope that's not me and I don't think it will be. Well, let me, let me ask you about one of those pieces that might require patience. Actually, I think, I think you'd admit, I think we could all admit it's probably going to require some patience, but Joe, I don't know anything about this Israeli team. I may have been the Santa Cruz Warriors. I don't care. I, he looked really good. Jaden Sharp, I mean, he went from playing six minutes in the summer league. He unfortunately gets hurt. We're all devastated because we don't get to watch him play. I'm sure he was devastated. He couldn't grow. I, you know, what were your thoughts just seeing what he did in, in a couple of those games and, and getting some real run and maybe building some of that confidence that uh, we've heard so much about? Yeah, exactly. It was great to see him get that confidence. And it wasn't for, you know, like a five-minute stretch. It was throughout that game where he was consistently aggressive, making the right plays, scoring at all these different levels, you know, in a variety of ways. So those those games are really important, not just for his mentality and confidence and for his teammates to, you know, gain some more buy-in, but, you know, just from – you know, from our perspective, like obviously we we believed in his talent when we drafted him, but to see him put it together, you know, in a NBA arena so quickly is encouraging. And you know, we've seen a lot of plays from Shaden or a lot of moments and flurries that are super encouraging. And you know, we'll also see some moments where we say, Okay, you need some time. But, you know, as a scout, you're always focusing on, you know, what what are they capable of? And to see some of those things like we saw in that game against Maccabi and, you know, we'll see flash. We saw a few other flashes in the preseason games and it's, uh, it's exciting. And I think at this point, you know, we're, we're really optimistic about his future. Joe, Shaden's obviously got a, a long runway for his career. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little while for him, but one of the things that, I've, I've asked a lot kind of coming into this season and in those, particularly more the last couple of weeks. How do you match those rails of 19-year-old Shaden Sharp and 23-year-old Anthony Simons and 22-year-old Nasir Little and what's a very, what, 20-year-old 20, 20 Keon Johnson? How mm-hmm. do you match those rails with, with Dame? And th- those that say, like, the idea of you have to pick one of those rails that you can't stay on both. Yeah. Um it's something that I thought about a lot over the last six months and still think about a lot today that, you know, it's a, it's a reckless or it can be, it can be a reckless path to take, you know, trying to win and develop at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think from our perspective and, you know, just from, and I think you guys have heard this, it's just as I've talked to you privately and publicly that, you know, we're, we're trying to build. So it's, this isn't a win now roster as far as like, we haven't pushed all of our chips in yet. We, you know, we, we weren't signing players based on 
position over talent. You know, we chose, we've been choosing talent over need basically throughout this whole process. Like we knew there'd be some positional redundancies and some positional holes and, you know, we're okay working through that because we're, we're trying to build our talent base, trying to build this culture we've been talking about. And also we haven't pushed all of our chips in as far as we haven't made a big move yet, like using future draft capital or anything like that. So I think currently, you know, and this comes with a lot of discussion with Damien, you know, about trusting, trusting where we're heading and trusting, you know, what Chauncey and I are telling him that, you know, we are building, we do want to win much sooner than later. And um, to do so, we're going to have to develop some of these guys that are going to have to help us hopefully sooner than later. But Danny, you're right. I mean, there's certain 19 year olds who won't be ready till they're 23, at which point, you know, where, where are we? So um, I, I acknowledge that it's reckless, but I also think we've got to get some of these right before we can really take that next step. Uh, just for the record, before I ask my question, Joe, if you see me at like the 25th game chanting with the crowd, shade in, shade in to play, <laughs> you cannot be, you cannot be mad at me. You cannot be mad at me. I'm a fan at that point. You know what I mean? Everything is out the window. Okay. I need a, I need an okay from you on that one. You got an okay. Okay. All you right. Um, let, let me, let me ask you this. I, 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 I don't want to overstep here of like, what you can or cannot talk about as a general manager. So I guess I'll ask it this way. There is a 7-4 alien out there in the G League on television. And I, I'm more just kind of trying to get your thoughts on what it's been like talking to people around the league where you get these national NBA commentators saying like half the league's going to tank. This kid's the real deal. And, you know, you talk about building patience. And if Portland, if you guys can find yourself in a better position than maybe even you're thinking maybe there's a spot where there's certain teams on the schedule looking ahead and it's not working and they go for the alien. I'm kind of just curious, one, your thoughts on that. And then two, what's it been like in the league? Just when you talk to people, I'm assuming his name kind of just gets brought up because of how much attention he's drawing. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk about it, but I can't, I can't talk about the <laughs> amateur prospects. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta totally duck it. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't, I, I was a little worried that that was happening, but yeah, it's interesting. Just the narratives people create with stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Well, Joe, we'll get you out of here on this. And this, I think this is the other question that I, I get asked the most and I kind of get asked to explain. And instead of me trying to explain it to them, I'm going to ask you, there is some, and you, you've highlighted this already a little to it, a little bit of an extent. There's some incongruency in what, your stated goals, Chauncey's stated goals are for this team and this roster. How do you and Chauncey meet at a acceptable point of, I know we want to do this, 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 and this, but we can't quite do it with this roster. Where, where, where did those interchanges kind of happen and where are those concessions made and how do you kind of go about that? So you're saying like, if we, if we had a point sometime in the future where, um, I'm not sure I totally understand the question where we're, we're not on the path that we thought we'd be on, or we hope to be on. At what point do we pivot? Is that what you're no, saying? No, not, not the tanking idea. I'm just talking about the, the styles of play being, being more aggressive, mm -hmm. being more switchable, having uh, depth at other positions or being too heavy at, at other positions. How the, mm -hmm. the, the, the incongruency of basically of, of what Chauncey style is 
versus mm-hmm. what you have with a roster and how it's not it's not necessarily yet like I said it's not a finished product. It's like flexibility, exactly, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you guys kind of land on what is an acceptable level of playing a certain style? Mm-hmm. I think once we establish that we have the appropriate personnel for the way we're trying to play, if if once we know that the roster should should be doing what we think it should and we if we see that it isn't then i think we have to look look and reevaluate you know i mean this league is constantly you know reevaluating style of play or you know the, whether we're looking at the metrics and all these different ways that you know we decide the best way to win ball games are so i think until you have the roster right, until you know that you have the right amount of talent, the right mentality, the right um, cohesion together, I don't think you can fully evaluate. Now, we can definitely nitpick little pieces of it and, you know, work on tweaking those and fixing those little issues. But as far as big issues on a massive front where it's this is our style of play and it is not working in this league, I don't think you can say that until you have the personnel right. And at this point, I think we've made big progress toward that personnel, but you know, like I've said all along, we're not we're not there yet, even personnel-wise, for what Chauncey's hoping to do. We still have, you know, some a lot of it'll be developing internally, but also, you know, externally, we're gonna have to, you know, at least balance the roster more. All right. Well, hey, Joe, I don't want to take any more of your time. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. We know how busy uh, you you have been and you are uh, going into the season, so. Thank you. Appreciate you so, yeah, so very a ton, much. Joe. Guys, thank you very much. And I've always wanted to be the guy that says, hi, mom, on the camera. My dad <laughs> listens to your podcast. So I got to say, oh, hi, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, there's, hey, too, there's too many Cronin family members listening to this show. Okay? <laughs> Mr. Cronin. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Cronin's watching YouTube. Yes, he is. Awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. hey, Joe, thank you so much. And again, best of luck this season. And hopefully we can uh, link back up and talk again soon. Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.